He'll throw it across to Tardif. Now back to Nastu on the right side. Nastu plays catcher Tardif on the left side. Back to Nastu, right side. One timer, he scores! Charles Edward Nastu gets his 11th goal of the playoffs as the fish start flying on the ice. As Utah's tied it up, and the amazing Charles Edward Nastu has done it again. And welcome to another edition of Grizzlies Weekly. I'm Tyson Whiting. We'll talk everything in the world of Utah Grizzlies hockey as we begin the month of August which means we're inching a little bit closer to the start of the regular season. I'm certainly looking forward to training camp, which will be in the start of October, and then the regular season, the season opener on October 21st against Rapid City. That's the start of a two-game series. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Dylan Fitz can do for an encore. After all, if you think about last season, he was acquired in a trade for Brian Bowen in late March, and he came in and did a great job. And I think about the six playoff goals that Fitz scored, and it really wasn't the six goals that he scored, but it was the timing of the six goals as five of the six came in third period of games. And he certainly brings a lot to the table. He's a great penalty-killing forward who has good hands and can get, get out in front of the net. He's really versatile, and he's got that skill set where he can contribute just about every shift he's out on the ice. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Dylan Fitz can do as he returns for the 2022-23 season. I think right now we're looking at eight players that have been confirmed for the upcoming season, and there's certainly going to be some more to follow in the in the upcoming weeks as Ryan Knaswich is putting his team together for his second season as head coach and his first full offseason. As remember, Knaswich was hired by the Grizzlies in September of 2021 after Tim Branham took a job as an assistant with the Colorado Eagles. So the eight players we know right now that are going to be with the Grizzlies, five forwards and three defensemen that we know of right now, Tyler Penner, Johnny Walker, Neil Robinson, Dylan Fitz, and Dakota Raby, defenseman James Shearer, Kyle Pouncey, and Joey Colatarchi, who was one of the more versatile players for the Grizzlies last year as he played forward and defense for Utah. He'll be coming back for the upcoming season. I think he ended up winning the Unsung Hero Award for the Grizzlies with his versatile skill set, scored a couple goals in the regular season, and did a little bit of everything for the Grizzlies. And I think the headline would say Florida Man returns for his second season in a Grizzlies uniform as Joey Colatarchi who I think uh, grew up somewhere around the area where the Florida Everblades play over in Estero, Florida. Florida, who ended up winning the 2022 Kelly Cup, defeating Toledo in the final round. There's a lot of great memories of last season. You know, a lot of great milestones as the Grizzlies did win the division title for the first time in club history. They advanced to the conference finals for the first time since 2008. There was a lot of positives and a lot of great memories, uh, memories that I think will last through the years. You know, when you think about the great moments in Utah Grizzlies history, I think there was a handful of them that happened last season alone that rank right up there among the greatest memories and moments in Utah Grizzlies history. I'm not entirely sure where the Brady DeVries game figures into that scenario, but I got to think that Brady DeVries, who it was probably the story of the year. Uh, you know, you think about the great moments and great memories. You know, you think about Das doing the game winner he had with 7.8 seconds left against Rapid City. You know, you think about Dastu in early January, scoring with 1.8 seconds left in regulation on January 5th as Utah defeated Idaho 2-1. But there was certainly something unique about, about the Brady DeVries game. And really, you think about emergency backup goaltenders every now and then still in the spotlight coming in for maybe the last, you know, what, 10 minutes or so of a game. You know, saving five or six shots, and the team ended up winning the, you know, ends up winning the game. You know, you think about that being... 
um, you know, something that you see in hockey every a couple times a year. But Brady DeVries is a unique story in that he was an emergency starter. You know, he had to play the entire game, and that was a crazy day as I was here in the Salt Lake Valley, and I didn't really know much. As unfortunately not being there, you really don't feel like you're attached or really involved in things. I remember asking Coach Kanasiewicz for the lineup at about 1 o'clock, and he, he, well, he didn't have the lineup ready. He wasn't sure he was going to play that night. And then I end up calling it about four o'clock, just be like, you know, just to figure out, okay, who's playing for the Grizzlies tonight? And I found out about Brady DeVries, who was the emergency goaltender. As you know, the Grizzlies found themselves in a situation without a goaltender. Uh, the NHL had re-implemented the taxi squad, and so it seemed like every team in this league was losing their top goalie, maybe top two goalies. As Trent Miner, I think, ended up uh, spending a little bit of time with the Avalanche on their taxi squad. Pete and Jones ended up going up. And the Lehigh Valley, I want to say Iron Pigs, that's the baseball team over there. But the Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, took Garrett Metcalf, who had started the first game of a four-game set against Rapid City, played on December 27th. The game, I think, Rapid City won 3-0 behind the Lucas Parikh shutout. And then the Grizzlies found themselves without a goaltender. So they traded for a guy named Hayden Stewart, uh, or they signed him. He was in the SBHL. They had signed him, and he came over, and, well, he failed the COVID test, quite frankly. And so Utah found themselves without a goaltender. Who knew what it was going to be? Could have been the assistant equipment manager, Jackson Hibbard. Could have been him in net for the Grizzlies. They found out that Brady DeVries was in town. He was a Division three college goaltender who had just finished up his first semester at Grand Canyon University. I think at that time he had played three games with Grand Canyon University's club hockey team, and he had a save percentage of about 860-something and had allowed about five-and-a-half goals per game. And so I thought this was going to be some sort of an adventure, and I was really concerned going into that game as to uh, what would happen. But the Grizzlies stepped up strong that game. You know, I remember – as we were getting into the second intermission, thinking, wait a minute, this is a game. You know, the Grizzlies are hanging in there strong, and then Trey Bradley scores his second goal of the game, and before you know it, the Grizzlies are up 3-2. to two. And I, it was just unbelievable how the game was turning out because the defensive unit for the Grizzlies and everybody was just playing at such a high level that it didn't matter who was in net. You know, it didn't matter if it was Trent Minor or if it was a Division Three goaltender who just happened to be at home on Christmas break as Brady DeVries is a Rapid City native. You know, it didn't matter who was in net because the Grizzlies defense, defensively really were doing everything they could. I imagine the Grizzlies broke a league record for blocked shots in a game. You know, that's an unofficial tally because I haven't gone back and seen the game since it originally, uh, originally happened, but uh, – uh, you know, DeVries hung in there. He, Rapid City was able to score a goal late in regulation to tie the game at three. And then Trey Bradley gets the game winner. And the way the Grizzlies celebrated after Bradley got the game winner about 30 seconds into overtime, it looked like the Grizzlies won the championship. I mean, that's how much that the that, that game meant to the Grizzlies, you know, and how improbable a victory that was. That Brady DeVries was able to hang in there, save 18 of 21, keep the Grizzlies in the game, and then Trey Bradley, the Grizzlies captain, with one of the great performances in a single game in Grizzlies history, just uh, almost single-handedly the top forward line for the Grizzlies that night, Bradley, Ben Tardif, and maybe Luca Burzan, if I remember right. Could have been somebody else 
on that line. It almost looked like the Grizzlies were just determined that one way or another we were not going to find a way to lose this game. It's just like they found this extra this extra bounce to their step, almost like they were just willing themselves to victory that night. And, you know, it got a lot of attention. It ended up uh, being part of the uh, Spit and Chicklets podcast towards the end of one episode. They, they had talked about Brady DeVries. You know, I think Brady DeVries ended up uh, with an interview on ESPN's In the Crease or, you know, or whatever they call that show. Um, and, you know, he, he ended up making a few appearances. I've never met the guy. You know, I've never met Brady DeVries. But the, the story of the Brady DeVries game is something that's going to live for a long time. That is as long as we can find a tape of it. I think Rapid City has done everything they can to just try to hide the fact that that game even happened. And that's the unfortunate thing about not being there is you're unable to capture that moment the way that it should have been captured. And after all, I've never met the guy, but uh, Brady DeVries with a performance of a lifetime. And really, you think about the great moments and great memories in Utah Grizzlies history. I think back to when Jay Stevens had to come in as an emergency backup and uh, you know play about 10 minutes worth of hockey and and lead the Grizzlies to victory against Rapid City. You know, it was something where uh, something that uh, you know hockey fans gravitate towards. You know, those emergency backup stories. But he wasn't an emergency backup. He was an emergency starter who played 60 and a half minutes and led the Grizzlies to victory. And so when you think about the top memories of last season, you know, Das doing the game winner in game two against Rapid City in the Mountain Division Finals certainly stands out, but I think the Brady DeVries game is some is a memory that I think is going to be, if you think about great moments in, in Utah Grizzlies history, you know, winning the Turner Cup in 1996, that's the biggest one, obviously, but when you think about what's number two, what's number three, I mean, I got to think the Brady DeVries game has got to be right up there among the top three or four moments in Utah Grizzlies history. We mentioned Astu getting the game winner in game two against Rapid City, uh, which was a great moment. And the Grizzlies scoring two goals in the final minute and came back to defeat Rapid City. But I mention that because I think what Dylan Fitz meant to the Grizzlies that night really is something I don't think should be overshadowed. As uh, we mentioned earlier on the show, Dylan Fitz will return for the 2022-23 season as this is Grizzlies Weekly Right here on SoundCloud, you're home for the Tyson on Sports podcast. We'll have some football podcasts as well as we'll uh, talk a college football podcast and a pro football podcast every week during the football season along with all the Utah Grizzlies content. But I mentioned you know, the third-period performance that Dylan Fitz had. Now, I don't think the Grizzlies come back in that game. You don't have the tying goal by Nick Henry with 48 seconds left, and you certainly don't have the Dastu game winner with 7.8 seconds left in regulation if Dylan Fitz doesn't score two goals in the third period to keep the Grizzlies in the game. You know, the first one was uh, kind of an innocent-looking shot that just ended up getting past Lucas Preak earlier in the third period. Left wing pass to Bayless. Bayless towards the goal line, looking for Peterson. He takes a shot and he scores. And the Rush have taken a 3-1 lead as they have scored three power play goals tonight. Grizzlies skate in, fits from the left side. He'll take a shot, glanced off a preak, it goes in! Dylan Fitz gets the goal as he fired a shot from the left wing, bounced off a preak's glove, and trickled into the back of the net. And I think about the goal that he scored to cut into the lead and make it a one-goal game. At the time, I think it was 4-3, to three, or 4-2 to two was the score. Mason Manick was battling in the corner in the offensive zone. He lost his helmet, had to come off the ice, 
Uh, he was replaced by Dylan Fitz, who just skated along the right side. Grizzlies were able to find him, get him a pass. Fitz skated to a spot where he you know, felt like he had a good shooting angle, fired away and scored. And I think that was every bit as big of a play as what Henry and Dastu did in the final minute. And Manick's going to have to come off, and he will. He got tripped up on the way, but he's going to skate towards the bench as his helmet's laying on the ice. Now towards the left side, Grizzlies get it up top for Martin. He'll feed it to the right side, right? He shot and a score! Dylan Fitz gets his second of the third period. And with 6-12 left in the third, the Grizzlies have cut into the Rapid City lead. It's a 4-3 game. Boy, Dylan Fitz, I think, was the guy that came on for Manic as Manic lost his helmet, came off the ice. Fitz entered, skated towards the right side, skated towards the goal line, and fired away as he went top shelf on Lucas Parikh. <laughs> what can you say about Dylan Fitz? Two third period goals, and he's kept Utah in this one. It was certainly a great play by Dylan Fitz, who really was an all-around performer for the Grizzlies. As I mentioned earlier in the show, great penalty killing forward. He's got good hands. And the Grizzlies, you know, at the time that they picked up Fitz, were in need of a big guy that can get out in front of the net and really cause havoc. You know, Fitz has got a lot of toughness, and he got out in front of the net, and I think he really complimented uh, the other guys on the Grizzlies' power play late in the regular season and certainly into the playoffs. And, you know, you think about why the Grizzlies got to the conference finals. I think the special teams in particular, the power play against Tulsa and Rapid City was a big part as to why the Grizzlies ended up going to the conference finals for the first time since 2008. Well, since we've been thinking about top memories of uh, last season, I got my top six list. You know, everybody wants to go either top five or top ten, but I thought of six instances in particular that are my top of the season. We'll start at the bottom with number six. And I remember on President's Day, uh, Miles Gendron scoring a game winner, and really the Grizzlies were down, uh, I think they were down four to three, with less than five minutes left in regulation, Luca Burzan tied the game with 4.49 left, and then Miles Gendron got the game winner with 3.05 left in regulation as Utah defeated Worcester 5-4. Grizzlies, Tardiff will throw it to Burzan, left side. Burzan drops it off left circle. Grizzlies with a shot, they score! Grizzlies take the lead! Miles Gendron! Gendron gets his first of the year as he went top shelf over the shoulder of Ellis. And the Grizzlies have taken a 5-4 lead. That was a fantastic finish and one of the best games I saw last season. The fifth best memory I have of last season was a game on March 4th of 2022. It was the first road game I had attended in two years at the Monument in Rapid City, and Peyton Jones is unbelievable that night, stopping 49-50 in the first game of a three-game series. The game ended up going to a shootout. You know, Peyton Jones had stopped 50, you know, 49 out of 50 through overtime. Rapid City's Lucas Preak was just about as good as Jones was that night. They got to the seventh round of the shootout before Dastu, of course, <laughs> of course, Dastu of all people getting the game winner, and uh, Peyton Jones stopping all seven in a shootout as Utah defeated Rapid City 2-1. to one. Brooks, he'll skate in. He takes a puck, skates to the left side. Brooks walks in. Shot! Saved by Jones! Big stop by Peyton. It was amazing what Peyton Jones was able to do that evening. And even though you know he wasn't necessarily the most consistent performer last year, when Peyton Jones had his A game on, he was as good as any goaltender in the league. And it was kind of interesting to see Peyton Jones on TV. I think I mentioned it in the last edition of Grizzlies Weekly. 
But his brother, Nolan Jones, right now is playing for the Cleveland Guardians as he was called up to the big leagues in midseason and uh, ended up seeing the Jones family on TV as Nolan Jones hit his first home run. And uh, there was a little bit of a half-second shot of Peyton Jones. I think he was over on the right side uh, celebrating in the stands as his uh, brother was rounding the bases after his first home run. And I don't know where Peyton's going to play next year, but I got a feeling he's got the talent to do a good job wherever he ends up. The fourth best memory I have of last season is Dakota Raby's hat trick, which clinched the division championship for the first time in team history. You know, I mentioned it in the last edition of Grizzlies Weekly, but Dakota Raby's hat trick uh, was certainly a big moment as the Grizzlies beat a good Idaho Steelheads team. It was really surprising to see Idaho miss the playoffs last year because... They were every bit as good at home at Idaho Central Arena as they were every other year. I got to imagine for the Stillheads, though, their focus going into next season is to be a much better road team because the Stillheads did struggle to win away from Idaho Central Arena. The number three memory, I mean, here's where you start getting to, to, to Dastu territory. He's going to be playing in Finland next year. But uh, you think about the Rapid City game, I don't know that that's necessarily – the best finish I saw from Dastu last year is on January 5th in Idaho in the first game of a three-game series. That was the uh, the week that was after the Brady DeVries game and one of the crazier road trips that the Grizzlies had ever had. Yeah, the score was tied at one, and I thought for sure we were going to have overtime. Grizzlies had the puck in the offensive zone. Ben Tardif was in the high slot. Almost a no-look pass. A no-look pass to Dastu in the right circle. Dastu fired away with a one-timer and got past the Idaho goaltender as Utah got a 2-1 to victory. And it was a crazy moment because not only did the Grizzlies win, but because it happened in regulation, Idaho came away with no standings points on the night. Second memory I have of last season was obviously the Rapid City game where Dastu scored with 7.8 seconds left. But, you know, the Nick Henry game-tying goal, I figure it was just as uh, critical because, after all, Henry scores from the left side when the Grizzlies had a 5-on-3 power play, and really it was 6-on-3 with Utah's net empty down one, and Nick Henry came up big for the Grizzlies. I don't know where he's going to end up next year as Henry completed a three-year NHL entry-level deal with the Colorado Avalanche, but uh, when you got Nick Henry some room on the left side, he had that dangerous one-timer that could score on any goaltender. And that was a great memory. That led to the Dastu's game winner, and, uh, you know, there was really um, – there wasn't a whole lot of pressure on Dastu's game winner because Nick Henry was able to tie up the game, and that was a crazy third period. And as we mentioned before, Dylan Fitz scoring the two goals really set things up and kept the Grizzlies within striking distance where Henry and Dastu can do their stuff at the end. And obviously the top memory of last season was Brady DeVries, who came up big for the Grizzlies in an emergency starter role, stopping 18 of 21 as the Grizzlies won 4 to 3. But you think about the individual performance, you know, is it the Brady DeVries game or is it the Trey Bradley game? Because Bradley scored the hat trick that night. And, uh, you know, really that top line, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out who that third guy was because it was Bradley and Tardif on that top line. And then there was a third guy. I think it was Luca Burzan. Uh, that night who was on the top line and it almost seemed like 
that top line single-handedly said, "Hey, we're not going to we're not we're not going to be denied tonight." You know, we've come this far. We played too hard in front of Brady DeVries, and you know, they, it was almost like there was just that extra determination that they were going to come through and uh, get the victory for the Grizzlies. And so I'm tr- I'm still trying to figure it out because it was one of those games that felt like a blur, and unfortunately, it didn't really feel like uh, you know is. I mean, there, there's, there is something different about not being there that I think kind of took something away from it from uh, a Grizzlies fan perspective and certainly from my perspective. But the Grizzlies were able to come away with a victory that night. Uh, in, uh, it was the second game of a four-game series, a series that ended up tied 2-2 as uh, the Grizzlies ended up losing on New Year's Eve and then getting a victory on New Year's Day. Um, the, the New Year's Day victory for the Grizzlies – was a 6-4 to four final, and the Grizzlies really got good performances from Mason Manick that night, who had two goals and one assist, and Ben Tardif, who had one goal and one assist. And the Grizzlies have had some great help from their affiliates over the years. The Colorado affiliation has certainly been huge for the Grizzlies over the last four years. Next year will be year five in the affiliation with Colorado. And I almost have to wonder, because there are some players that – you hope might make the uh, will make the Colorado Eagles out of camp, or they end up with the Grizzlies. And from somebody I talked to about a week ago, they say that uh, the Grizzlies should get good help from their affiliate in Colorado once again this season. And Ben Tardif is a guy that we're really not sure about. You know, could he spend next season in Colorado, or could he end up back with the Grizzlies? As next year will be the second year of a two-year AHL contract. There were a couple guys I saw earlier this week that ended up signing. Uh, an AHL contract. We're not sure if they're going to end up in Utah because, after all, um, you know they, they certainly are good enough to make the uh, Colorado Eagles out of camp. But I think there's a few names that are going to be interesting uh, from a Grizzlies standpoint in order to um, figure out what the roster is going to look like. Taron Pfizer and Cameron Wright ended up signing AHL contracts with the Eagles. Pfizer was pretty good for the Grizzlies last year as he had four goals and 11 assists in 18 playoff games. Pfizer had a pretty good junior hockey league career with the Victoria Royals, and last season really was a breakout campaign for him as he had 51 points in 35 games. And I don't know if Pfizer's going to be with the Eagles next year, if he's going to be with the Grizzlies. I think he's certainly good enough to stick with Colorado all season, but uh, we'll see. Pfizer, 5'11 and 161 pounds. Cameron Wright also signed with the Eagles. I'm not sure if we'll see Wright with the Grizzlies or if he's going to stick with the Eagles. Um, you know, Cameron Wright certainly has good credentials as he was part of the University of Denver's 2022 NCAA National Championship team. He's 23 years old, and he had 23 goals and 11 assists in 41 regular season games for the Pioneers. So those are just two names to keep an eye out for uh, once AHL camp gets underway to see if they make the Eagles or if they end up with the Grizzlies, Taron Pfizer and Cameron Wright, Wright who was with the University of Denver and has some hardware winning the 2022 National Championship. It'll be interesting to see what Trent Miner does next season as a Miner is going to be in the second year of a three-year NHL entry-level deal. He's only 21 years old, and he certainly got a lot of valuable game experience with the Grizzlies last last year. I think if I heard right, Miner ends up getting a ring with Colorado, who ended up winning the Stanley Cup last year you know, this past season. I think he also gets his name on the cup, if I heard right, so... Uh, that's certainly something that's something that's going to last forever uh, for, for Trent Minor 
as, uh, you know, he spent a lot of time with the Grizzlies last year and did a great job leading the league with seven shutouts. It'll be interesting to see where Miner ends up next season in the second year of his three-year NHL entry-level deal. Well, that'll wrap things up here for Grizzlies Weekly. We'll be back in a couple weeks leading up to the upcoming season. There should be a few more signings, and we'll also give you some other news and notes as we head into the 2022-23 Grizzlies season. Make sure to follow the Grizzlies on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. Yes, right, that's right. The Grizzlies are on TikTok now. I don't know if you're going to see players dancing uh, you know, for the upcoming season or whatever they're going to do, but uh, the Grizzlies will be on TikTok for the upcoming season. And don't forget to get your Grizzlies tickets at utahgrizzlies.com or by calling 801-988-8000. Don't forget about the Grizzlies five-game pack, which I think is the maybe the best ticket package the Grizzlies have going on right now. It's a ticket for the five biggest games of the regular season and three premium gifts for as low as $65. And make sure to you get your tickets to utahgrizzlies.com. Until the next edition of Grizzlies Weekly, I'm Tyson Whiting, and it is what it is. Later this week here on SoundCloud, I will have a college football podcast where I will talk about fall camp, what's going on with the Pac-12, and all the other stuff and news and notes. And we'll beg the question is, can Utah repeat as Pac-12 champions or as UCLA or USC going to win the Pac-12 South? I think it's going to be an interesting three-team race in the Pac-12 South for the upcoming season, and we'll talk about that on the Tyson on College Football podcast, which will be aired tomorrow, which is going to be on August 3rd. That's going to be here on SoundCloud. I'm Tyson Whiting, and it is what it is.